Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz, episode 363, Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have a big show today, two hours jam-packed. We have the Hall of Famer coming in here to break down trades in the NFL, plus the remaining draft picks, 10 through 15. In the second hour, we have our no-joke football huddle. We are going to have uh, Monique Vermeer Boone, who was part of the uh, NFL Women's Career Forum. She'll be here in the second hour to talk about that and the excitement for the WFA 2021 season as she's part of the Cali War. And we'll have Mackenzie Brooks in the second hour as well. And the last half hour of the show, we're going to bring in ex-league insider Nate Ward, talk about everything happening at the Hub, including ex-league update news this week. So let's bring in the Hall of Famer here. And don't forget, Gridiron uh, Beauty's Blitz, powered by MonkeyNightFive.com. So you can go to MonkeyNightFive.com. And check out all the platforms there, NBA, NHL, MMA, PGA, just you name it. It's fast, simple prop games, shark-free fantasy, more or less fantasy challenge, star players only, uh, get an instant deposit match up to $50 when you sign up using code NJF. So if you haven't done it, go get and get started today. All right, at monkeyknife5.com. Holly, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing this week? Pretty good, busy, um, back in the swing of the uh, football season, which is nice, um, and uh, just hanging in there. All right. Are, are you traveling to Utah now? Yes. Um, so I go down next weekend. I try to go as often as I can. Um, and uh, so far, we're we have a really good group, and I'm really excited to – to see what we can do this year, and um, I'm really excited to uh, get started because I think for everybody, it's been too long since we've been on the football field, so we're ready to go. All right, so Holly, you know, you're part of the, uh, basically the, the number two team in the WNFC, so coming into 2021, the Texas Elite, the champions, runner-ups, the Utah Falcons, so it's a, a really good you know, situation where you're in now, you just plug yourself into, you know, Coach Rasmussen's uh, machine, as they call it, the Utah Falcons. Oh, yeah, it's definitely, it's been a machine the entire time that they've been there. And I played, you know, against uh, the Falcons and for several years. And uh, so it was kind of a natural fit for me, uh, personality-wise, uh, philosophy-wise, and They've just been so welcoming to me. You know, I tried to, you know, obviously play last year with COVID and that didn't happen. And, you know, it was actually, you know, of course, not a great thing that we weren't able to play. But for me, I was able to get to know the team um, in a great way. And so this year I'm able to build upon that. And I'm really excited. All right, Holly, um, we all have good news and then we had some bad news. We had good news pretty much most of the week, but then we had some bad news. Um, unfortunately, we got the news that uh, one of the you know, outstanding um, WWCFL 
Saskatoon Valkyries uh, players, which is uh, Nicole Lavallee, uh, died of a car accident on March 7th, which is the day before International Women's Day. Um, so I want to just uh, give our condolences to the w- WWCFL and the Saskatoon Valkyries family and her friends and family uh, and condolences uh, on the loss of Nicole Lavallee. Yeah, that's I, I did see that, and that's really sad. You know, one of the things that makes uh, the sport really great is you know your your teammates become your family, and even people that you know I've played uh, with or against for years, they become part of my family. So I'm sure it's the same feeling uh, of loss for everybody that's uh, that newer. So my condolences as well. I know that that has to be hard. Yeah, and it's just an unfortunate situation. Sometimes things like that happen. But, uh, uh, you know, we give our condolences and prayers to the family, to the teammates, uh, to the uh, organizations, and to the league, the WWCFL and the Saskatoon Valkyries on the loss of Nicole uh, Lavallee. Um, The other news, from a bad news to, obviously, a breaking environment, and we've been doing it for all of 2020, basically. uh, And now... um, Maya Shaka is the new black NFL referee right along Sarah, uh, Sarah Thomas as the, the next female referee. So that was uh, via today.com and uh, USA today.com. So that was uh, pretty awesome news. Yeah, it's great news. I think one of the um, hidden, you know, places that women have really um, started to break through in is the area of refereeing. And so, you know, in all sports, I've seen it in basketball and also football as well. So it's definitely a big deal, and it's really exciting to see more and more women involved at these higher levels. And so I'm really excited to see uh, see her on the sideline, and, and I think it's really awesome. Yeah, it's a really, uh, you know, a moment for not just, like you said, the player side or the, you know, women in football side, but the referee side of things. Um, and then, you know, she's taken it in stride. It's not about her color or anything like that. Just about the, the fact that she's put in the work uh, she's done. She, I think she was an XFL. If I, if I, my notes are correct, she was a, she was one of the, one of the referees in the XFL before it, it, it went under. Um, and then she was also on, on the college, you know, obviously high school college. So she's done her part and uh, she's a great teacher as well. So, uh, so she's, she understands, you know, the, the magnification and the moment as well of the whole process. So uh, I think she'll do well. And uh, that's, you know, Sarah at the Super Bowl. We might see uh, Maya Shaka in the Super Bowl as well, depending on what, how her, you know, her role goes and how she does a good job throughout the season. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think, uh, you know, definitely the more and more examples that we get of <clears throat> women able to, to break through on some of these roles, the better it is for the next generation behind them. So hopefully, you know, girls that uh, are interested in uh, refereeing and in whatever sport they're interested in see that and they're able to take inspiration from it. All right, more good news. So uh, we got Chartable. Chartable Chartable.com is the one that keeps us uh, updated on what our podcast metrics are in terms of an international swing of things. Um, We're not like – great in the u.s swing because there's just so much podcasts under the football realm of things but we did get a bump and we're in that 200 range 
Uh, it was in Russia, I believe, and over in Europe. So over in Europe, we're, almost, we're one of the top 200 podcasts in terms of the European scene uh, based on chartable. That's um, awesome. No. So, um, you know, thanks to you, Holly. Thanks to uh, Erica Lynn, Eric Brown, Casey Free, Troy Wilson, you know, um, Nate Ward, Mackenzie. Uh, so now we are in the Euro scene of things. Uh, the U.S. scene is so much harder to penetrate. You know what I mean? Because it's so there's so much content in terms of the uh, on the North American swing because everybody's talking football. But overseas, um, you know, I saw that this week. I shared it with you guys, and that's a that's a huge moment for us because we are the ones that are trying to bring awareness week to week every Tuesday about women's tackle football. And I think the word's getting out. And uh, if we're in the top 200 in terms of the European scene that's a great sign because uh, obviously we're making ends roads in terms of awareness and also bringing an attention to the sport, uh, not just in the U S you know, with the WNFC or WFA, but overseas in Europe as well with the, you know, the German, the German league, the, uh, the BAFA in UK, the, the Swedish and the Finnish, uh, the Italian, all that good stuff. Um, so uh, thanks to you. Thanks to Nate. Thanks to Mackenzie and everyone else before that uh, for bringing us up almost up to that level. Hopefully we'll get to that level here in the States because that would be just a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I think it's it's a, um, an amazing accomplishment. And I think, you know, it speaks volumes to how hard you've worked to, to build this, uh, you know, brand like a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and it's starting to build. So I think it's really awesome, you know, um, and hopefully we're able to continue to build on that and, um I'm really excited uh, for our, for you, Oscar, and for the rest of us because I think it is something special because this didn't really exist before. There wasn't really a space for us to talk about women's football in this area. So I think it's really exciting. And you know how, Holly, you, you listen to a lot of podcasts. It's really hard. There's not enough content for us to do five days. I've had players go, hey, oh, you, yeah, can you do hard. five days? It's like there's no there's not enough content for us to do five days. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just because that's why we do two hours. We do the two hours, and sometimes we do the one hour. The two hours we do it sometimes because there's enough content, right? The weekly crunch right. of what everything that's happening, and we kind of put it in perspective here. So I think that's a credit to everybody else. Uh, I'm most uh, you know not just because of me or whatever. I'm more uh, more proud of to. Uh, put a podcast together where yourself uh, and Mackenzie and we had, you know, other, other, you know, content that we put together before this, but I'm more proud of the fact that you and Mackenzie are actual players. You know what I mean? The actual players on the podcast talking NFL and understanding that, you know, what, what it takes to play football in general. So I think it speaks volumes to our audience that, you know, you guys play football. In other words, you guys are on an actual team, actual league, actual, you know, environment in that sense. And I think when you speak or you put your two cents to everything that's happening, not just at the pro level, college level, whatever, um, I think people respect credible. And I think both of you guys are credible in that sense because you play the game. Yeah. And I I think that's a really good point because, um, you know, as we're we're pushing as uh, females in the space of sports and football and 
um, basically everything in general. You know, a lot of the uh, one of the main hurdles that we've always had to address with a lot of male counterparts that might not um, think that women can do some of these things is mm-hmm. the credibility part. So that's why it's really important when we have female refs, when we have female coaches, when we have female players, when we have female announcers, because then those are tangible examples that give credibility to everybody else in that area and trying to do the same thing. And so I do think it's important that you have players involved too, because it kind of bridges that gap between the female game. And uh, we can also talk, you know, NFL and college as well. And so I, I, I do think that that is a, um, a strong uh, and very good idea that you had. Yeah, it's a message because to me it was like you don't want to listen to me for two hours. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it gets redundant and people turn you off after an hour. Um, but when you have, you know, yourself that brings in two cents, you're passionate about college football, um, you know, and all the other things that you're knowledgeable on. So, I mean – to, that's a credit we get the feedback um on the podcast you know based on each podcast gets feedback and i think that uh, speaks volumes to the fact that when you have listenership people are listening to what a key person on a podcast right so you have a, a, an audience that draws into a certain podcast because of a personality so we've been able to do that you've been able to do that troy was able to do that prior to that and we've gotten feedback to where people do actually come, you know, we get messages by saying, hey, I listen to your podcast because Holly Custis is on your podcast, right? So a lot of times fans or listeners get driven to one personality. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense because that's what happens a lot on, like, the national scene, you know. And mm-hmm. um, you watch, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're a sports nerd like I am, like, you know, ECN's on all the time. And I kind of go in and out depending on what's happening. But there's big personalities all over the place, right? And and some of it, mm-hmm. I think, can get a little a little too cartoonish at times. <laughs> but some of it is actually really good, too. So I think if you have a certain connection to a personality uh, that is giving you information, then I think it, it does draw you in more and you feel more connected and I think that's important um, because you want the audience that you're talking to to feel that connection um, because otherwise you're right. Otherwise you're just talking to yourself and then that, that's kind of not fun. <laughs> it's not. Um, and, you know, the other, the other element we have is, you know, we've never uh, had it to where, you know, it was consistent. In the past, when I, when I decided to start, like, this kind of content and podcast. Uh, the one thing that I, you know, they, they, the one thing that was told to me is it doesn't exist. Nobody will listen. You know what I mean? It was all like, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to, uh, nobody's going to care because the sport doesn't matter. Right. There's no mainstream interest, uh, all that stuff. Right. You get that all the time with the women's, with women's sports. Cause I'm more, I'm more of a geek and more of a marketer for me. It was like, how do we draw an audience in? Right. So that's where I think we built it to where, okay, it cannot be a five days a week type deal because it's, there's not enough content, right? So you've got to be realistic about it. And then number two, we can draw in content for an hour or two 
So you can, you can extend it for an hour or two, depending on what we're doing. If we're doing interviews, uh, there's people that are interested to do interviews with us. So that means it might be a two hour block or it could be just an hour block, uh, depending on what we do. Like during the off season, we're going to do, we normally do an hour, you know, to an hour and a half during the season. Obviously we're going to do a two hour block because there's more information to dive in, dive into. And there's probably more personalities that we can bring on, to, you know, to talk about the weekly games and things like that. But Overall, I think it's a credit to everybody that has supported me, that has come on to the podcast, that actually was part of the podcast. Uh, it's, it's kind of history in the making in itself because we're almost at 10 years later and we're still here. In the past, I've seen no drive or passion for it, and I think that's the difference. You know, we have a drive and a passion because it is now considered, to me, it's kind of a laboring of love in a way because I've built it. And I'm, I, you know how when you, when you put something together – you're more, uh, you put more heart and energy into it. And I think that's where we're at. You know, we're, we're at that level now where 10 years later, you know, I get this, this thing where we're at top 200 in Europe. I mean, to me, it's like, that's huge, right? It's huge. Uh, whether we can penetrate 200 in the, in the United States, uh, I mean, we're, we're almost, we're, we'll get there. I mean, we're probably in that 400 mark at this point, but we'll get to, once we get to 200, I mean, that would be achievable and it's going to be a great moment. Yeah, you know, like you were saying, um, uh, you know, the U.S. market is, is definitely saturated with uh, sports talk and, and sports radio and podcasts because we, we love it. We love football. We love sports. And I definitely know, like, during COVID, um, when we had that period where there were no sports, I felt very like bored. I didn't know what to do with myself because I wasn't playing sports and the, and I was trying to work out, but then, like, there was nothing for me to play and there's nothing for me to watch. So I just remember when the NBA bubble came back around, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's something to watch mm-hmm. again. And even now, you know, I was telling my wife, like, normally, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan as well as football. And normally during the NBA season, I would kind of be in and out a little bit because it is a longer season. Not quite as bad as baseball, but it's still kind of longer. But now, because of something else going on for me, I'm watching every game. I'm, like, into everything. And that kind of appetite is is there in America. And so that means that there's a lot of people that have that passion. (laughs) Therefore, there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of outlets. So it's definitely harder to get into here. We can get there. You know, it, it just, it takes time. And I think it's kind of like, you know, not to get sappy, but it's kind of like the field of dreams. Like, if you build it, they will yeah. come. And they might not realize, a lot of people don't realize that women's football exists, but once they do, then they're interested. So it's, you 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 do have a niche and you do have a market. It's just about gradually getting the footprint out there. So we'll get there one day. Yeah, no, and, you know, and you have to network, and we've done it. Uh, picking up monkey knife fight for us is huge because they're correlated right to the NFL, right? Right to the NBA, right to the NHL. And for us to correlate that, you know, we had Zazzle supporting us for 10 years. Nobody would have I've ever supported us like that. Right. But they, they gave us a platform to support some of these athletes, the visibility, put them on Instagram, put them on Twitter. So there's a, there's a, you know, in other words, it was built in, in a driven mode, to where it's it's got to be it, we have to pick up steam in a way, but at the same time 
we're bringing attention, and I think that's the key, is like week to week we bring attention. Sprinkle in the NFL, which is an interested type of environment, and then we go ahead and add our two cents to everybody uh, to understand that obviously there are women's tackle football in the States, and there, there is an NFL-like type environment there. And it's not as big, obviously, as the NFL, probably not as huge as college, but you know, for us that cover it, uh, in a sense, that, that's important. You know, why do, we, why do we put the hub together? Because there was no ESPN, Fox Sports type of environment platform, right? Why do we build and collaborate with, you know, so many network people, players included, coaches overseas, internationally, and everything else? Why do we do that? Because there was nothing there. So, you know, it's, it's a passion. It's a drive. And I think uh, I want to just, what, we want to thank our audience, right? Because we won't get here if we don't have listeners, and we have listeners now, and I really appreciate everybody yeah. listening devotedly every week on a Tuesday, you know, to either, you know, listen to you, listen to Mac, listen to uh, Nate, myself, or previously, you know, with everybody else before us that, that obviously built it up to this point. So, uh, you know, it's great that we have this environment now. I, I really think we're making ends roads, but huge accomplishment, right? Uh, 200, a top 200 in, in Europe at this point. So, I'm really proud, and I just want to, you know, let our audience know that we are making headway, that we are putting it our, our footprint out there. Um, obviously, it's going to take a lot longer for us to kind of, like, break down a door in, in the U.S. to get us to, like, to the top 100. Top 100 would be just a glorious moment for all, for all of us. Yeah, if we can uh, get to that top 100, then we're doing really, really, really well. And that means, you know, in turn that uh, – Women's football is doing really well. And so it all goes hand in hand. It's all tied together. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think for me, it's just been extremely fun to be a part of because, you know, this is definitely like sports and football is my, my big passion. And so if you want me to talk about football for an hour or two, then I'm happy because it's not actually a whole lot of, you know, it's, it, there's some labor to it, but it's like fun labor. It, it's yeah. it's it's a different kind of labor than like something that you feel like obligated to do. It's something that I want to do, so it's fun for me. So I really appreciate being involved in it. Yeah, I, I thank you for you know uh, trusting me. I also thank you for you know d- your time. And uh, like I told everybody else, you know, and I know we don't get paid yet, but you know, w- w- at one point down the road here, that's my goal is to get our co-host paid, get myself paid, right? So eventually we get to the stage where we get paid, paid get paid to be on the air. And that would be a, a great moment for an achievement as well, not just being in the top 100, but uh, somebody entrusting us and willing to, uh, you know, give us some dough, as I say, for our content, which which would be a great moment for that. But uh, I want to thank you personally right now. I, Mac's going to come on early, you know, later, Nate. Uh, so we've done a good job. And uh, we, we, we will continue to do a good job. God forbid anything happens to any of us, but we'll continue to do a good job because we are passionate, we love the sport, and we want to bring attention to the uh, amazing, talented athletes that play this sport worldwide, not just in the States, but worldwide. So thank you, everybody in Europe, for bumping us up to that 200 mark. I really appreciate it. Um, and thanks to Chartable for giving us all that feedback. It's really, really awesome. Uh, the other announcement, uh, Holly, uh, over in Gridiron, uh, Victoria, uh, the Outstanding Athlete plus uh, 
IFAB Australia um, national team member and multi-time champion, of, of course, in Great Aunt Victoria, Bliss Love, will, was announced as the Croydon Rangers head coach, which is huge for her. She's been playing a long time, and she's been coaching in, you know, in the juniors as well as in the ranks and stuff. So she's earned it, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think one of my favorite things is to watch former players start to coach. And, you know, I think it's a really awesome accomplishment to be able to transition into that. But I don't think every everybody can do that because it's kind of a different skill set. Um, you know, uh, like if you're talking about, for example, Michael Jordan, in my opinion, is still the best basketball player to ever play but he would not have made a very good coach because I don't think he would be very patient, right? So right. it's a different skill set. So if you are able to play and take your tangible knowledge from playing and you also have a good skill set in teaching and communicating what your knowledge is, then I think that's an amazing accomplishment. And so I'm really excited to see uh, what she's able to do. Yeah, and it's a, a great uh, league. Uh, great Aunt Victoria is really good. So we're looking forward to the Croton Rangers' this upcoming 2021 season. We'll keep tabs on Bliss Love. So uh, congratulations to Bliss Love. You can go to the, our Instagram, uh, go to our Twitter feed, go to our Facebook at the Hub. Pretty much, if you you know if, before you came on here or listened to us, you would have known ahead of time. But uh, congratulations to Bliss Love for her um, promotion to being the head coach of the Croton Rangers on the women's team. There, um, Holly. We also had the. The announcement, uh, Naomi Robles will be will debut in ONEFA, which is the equivalent of NCAA in the United States, and Mexico, the major league, men's major league in terms of the university style. Uh, she's going to be a linebacker, and uh, so she's inspiring other uh, Mexican girls out there. Aureli Espiritu uh, also will be competing uh, with the CU Puma. So um, the level of play in terms of in Mexico, the interest in terms of full kit, uh, has completely gone to another level, uh, considering that the the Mexican team won the won the bronze medal at the at the two, uh, two, 2017 um, in Vancouver. So um, Mexico is really starting to, um, I guess, put their nails in because they really want to be competitive on the on the world stage. Yeah, no, I, I think you know, from my perspective, Mexico has a natural breeding ground for the sport. And I think, I think that it's really exciting to see what they've been able to do in, um, you know, the last few years, especially. And I think that they've really embraced football. And I think that um, it's really exciting for me to, to watch that happen. And I think these players that are able to, to play in these roles, like uh linebacker, et cetera, is really important too. Uh, I do think it's awesome if you have um, a female kicker, but I also think it's important that we get as many skill positions as possible out there. And so she's um, out there playing linebacker. There's no shying away from contact at at linebacker. So that tells you that she's able to hold her own. So I think that's really um, impressive and exciting, and I can't wait to see what happens. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a great moment she's taken in. We wish her a well because you know how it is, right? Going to go up against a 250-pound male player. Um, she obviously understands technique, and she understands that obviously to overcome somebody like that with the higher weight and higher higher capacity in terms of speed. 
I'm pretty sure she's faced that already. She's pretty understanding on that. And the fact that she's going to get the opportunity to be on a pretty good team in Mexico in terms of the university uh, scene, uh, I think speaks volumes for Naomi Robles. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on Naomi Robles once the Onefa season kicks in and see how she does and how she performs in that sense as well. So uh, kind of exciting, I guess, in a way for us to kind of keep an eye on her and see how her career will evolve. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's really funny because you, I hear people say, you know, how would a female tackle a male? And I don't think people realize how big some of the females are in these things. Like, there are some big women out there. And it comes really down to technique and leverage. And sometimes being smaller is actually an advantage because you are naturally lower with your pad level. You can get underneath them easier. So when I'm trying to tackle somebody that's short, it's actually harder for me because I have to get really, really low to get down to them. So in some ways there's an advantage there that I don't think people realize, but I think she can definitely do it. And I'm excited to, to see, to see her do it. Yeah. It's going to be great to see what transpires with her in the season coming up here. And uh, we're, we're going to be keeping tabs on her. Thank you to a receptador.com. Thank you to Tercet Cuarto. Um, which is uh, our network partners in Mexico that keep tabs on the scene and the university scene plus the pro league scene as well. So uh, thank you to them, and we'll look forward to them because obviously they're going to feed us information as to how well she will do in season, and we'll go ahead and update it and post it at the Hub. All right, so if you haven't, if you haven't gone to the Hub, uh, I don't know where you're at or your head's at. Uh, go to the Hub. The best network on the planet exists at the Hub. You get everything there, NFL plus everything in the women's game. So if you need uh, – kind of an awareness of what happens with women's tackle football. It's right there globally, everywhere, uh, including uh, LNFA Femenina in Spain, which, w- which we'll recap, and then also uh, Texas Valley Sports, and then XF- XFFL Texas as well in, in uh, season right now. So we'll kind of recap that as well. Um, so if you haven't gone to monkeyknife5.com, powered, this podcast powered by monkeyknife5, go to monkeyknife5.com pretty simple if you love nba like me and holly do uh you go right there it's fast and simple prop games shark free fantasy more or less uh fantasy challenge start players every night and you get an instant deposit match of up to 50 dollars at sign up use the code ngf helps our podcast out as well so don't forget mikeyknife5.com use code ngf to get started today so head on over to mikeyknife5.com all right so holly um we already knew Dak was going to get paid. I don't, I don't think anybody was shocked that he's not going to get paid. Well, I think, um, you know, we, we talked about this previously and I think the Cowboys made a mistake. I think, I think they should have paid Dak originally, um, you know, at least made him a priority over Ezekiel. Um, and I think it would have saved them a lot more money over the long run. And now, because they waited and they, and they tried to play a hardball, um, I think when when Dak got injured, it it's um, definitely you know was terrible for him. But I think it actually proves that they really need him more than than maybe um, ownership thought previously. And so at this point, all the leverage I think was on Dak's side in that uh, negotiation. And because of that, you know. Um, Dak got paid, and I think what's gonna um, you're gonna start to see it's gonna be very interesting because 
the salary cap is going to decrease for this coming year um, uh, per the agreement that they had to try to offset the, the loss of funds that they had uh, due to COVID. So I think teams are going to get really creative, and you're going to see a lot of teams maybe uh, release some players that they normally wouldn't to try to either uh, find somebody that's cheaper or hopefully maybe they come back around at a cheaper mark. But people are going to have to get creative when you are paying your quarterback $40 million a year. Um, so that's going to be very interesting for the Cowboys because now you have your quarterback, your running back, and I think I think Kamari Cooper is um, locked down as well. So you have a lot of money tied up into three or four guys, and your defense was absolutely terrible last year. So they're going to have to draft well because they will have their weapons like they've had the last couple of years, but they still have a lot of holes. So we'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft. Um, but I do think I do think I'm, I'm not surprised that that got paid because they they couldn't afford to do another um, you know just franchise tag him for another year and hope he gets better later. Um, because I just think you can't live like that, and you would be giving him more leverage for the following year. So not True. surprised. But we'll see what happens because they really do need some help on the defensive side. And now you got your quarterback back, but you had him before, you know, and you have all these weapons, but you had those weapons before. (laughs) So you need help on your line and you need help on the defensive side. So they are going to have to have a really great draft class and they're going to have to find some diamonds in the rough to try to fit that salary cap and to, to, be as competitive next year as they want to be. Now, uh, Tampa Bay uh, did pay uh, Levante David, which was kind of a no-brainer to re-sign Levante David, considering he he played, I think, almost 100% of the snaps <laughs> on the team. So, and he w- he would have been probably the or he would have been the top free agent linebacker on the market. So, I guess if you equate it that way. Uh, it was somewhat of a great deal to keep uh, Levante David on the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think if you watch their defense last week, he's kind of the heart and the quarterback um, of that defense. And um, he doesn't seem like a very, like, um, obnoxiously loud guy, but he's definitely the leader on that defense. So, and that defense did really, really well for them, and I think basically won the Super Bowl for them. And so, they want to try to run it back. You got to, you got to sign the heart of your defense, and that's what they did. Yeah, I think it makes sense. That move really makes sense. Um, do you think the Bears tagging Robinson? What do you think of that move? Uh, putting the, the franchise tags on uh, Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think it. I mean it. It's necessary because that's your number one receiver. But I'm wondering if it's a – they're trying to play it a little safe because they don't know what they're doing at quarterback and they want to have some more room to maneuver if they need to make a, a, a move for the quarterback spot. Um, because I think Allen Robinson deserves a longer contract than the franchise tag. But I think they're thinking, again, probably like you know everybody else, hey, the, the cap is dropping, we want our guy to stay, but we still have a hole at quarterback and we don't know what we're doing yet there. So let's give us um, some more flexibility 
and, and, and keep, you know, Robinson on, but not handcuff us so much that we can't maneuver it in other ways. So I think that's kind of what they were doing. I think it's a smart play, um, but I think, you know, next year is, when it comes back around, they're going to have to pay him. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but I think that's what they were doing. You think he'll hold out? You think uh, Robinson at this point maybe hold out and just, or does it, I don't think he's a, it doesn't seem like a guy that will hold out in other words, but we, we don't know. Seem like that, um, he doesn't seem like that personality type, but it's, sometimes it's hard to tell because you, you're really talking about a player and also their, their agent, you know, and sometimes you'll have a, a player that might be more laid back but the agent's more aggressive. And sometimes that's to their, to the player's benefit, because if that's not your natural personality, Sometimes it's nice to have somebody in your corner that will be aggressive for you. So I don't think it's in his natural personality, but I don't think – I understand the, the, the concept of the franchise tag, but if you are a really good player, it has to be emotionally exhausting like Dak went through to just keep getting re-signed one year at a time when you know that you're worth a longer contract. So who's to say what he feels like a year from now? Um, but we'll see. But I think I think this is the move that the Bears had to make. Yeah, I, I agree with the move. I just I don't know if he's gonna you know maybe leverage himself and say hold out. But I, he didn't seem like a guy that's gonna do that. Um, what did you think of Marcus Williams? Uh, Marcus Williams, the Saints tag him. He's obviously very talented. He started 60 games in four seasons. Uh, second round and second round draft pick in 2017. 13 career interceptions. He's the third safety to to be tagged right behind, um, I think, uh, Simmons and May, which the Jets, I mean, and the Broncos, I guess they, they really have to keep those two at this point. Yeah, I think Marcus Williams is a nice, solid player. And I think I think they needed to have some stability in that secondary going forward. Um I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when they had Eli Apple and then everybody just picked on Eli Apple. And I think they actually benefited from Eli moving on to a different team. Uh, but I think it's a solid move for them. And I think, you know, when I'm looking at these um, transactions that happened today, besides like the, the, the DAC um, huge contract, a lot of it is, you know, clearing space or yeah. finding guys to – um, you know, one-year deals or signing to, to the franchise tag. It seems like the trend, at least from today, you know, we're probably going to have a lot more happening between now and the draft. It seems like the trend is they're trying. people are trying to find creative ways to be flexible because they know the cap is going to drop. And so they're preparing that in one way or another. So, you know, if you have a solid guy that you don't want to lose, but you know in the in like a free market environment, you might not be able to afford them for a longer contract or a lot more money at, uh, right now at this moment, then then having the franchise t- uh, tag is beneficial because you keep them for another year and you kind of kick the can down the road for next year and you're basically saying, we like you. We might not have the money to pay you right now because we need these other things to, to fill out, but we, we want to reevaluate next year and maybe talk about it then. So, um, I think that's what I'm seeing here on, on the sheet I'm looking at. Yeah, and in the, no surprise that the Vikings la- released Dan Bailey. I don't think Dan Bailey's that great any longer. 
Um, you know what I mean? No. Uh, it wasn't worth the $2.7 million <laughs> that he was supposed to be due. To no. Uh, so, yeah, uh, no surprise there, I guess. It, it, it frees it, it gives them $1.7 million in exchange. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. okay, I'm good. <laughs> See you later. We'll find another yeah. kicker in the draft. <laughs> Kicking is a really hard position, you know, and if you get, like, a good one, because kickers don't have a lot of contact usually, they can last forever. But that doesn't mean – because part of kicking is mental, right? So sometimes they, they physically can still kick, but mentally they kind of go sideways. It's kind of like maybe a pitcher in baseball, you know? Um, so I think I totally understand moving on from Bailey. Um, you want to feel confident in your kicker in those in-game situations. Because if you don't, then it changes your strategy in game, and you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't kick the field goal because I can't trust my kicker. So maybe it forces you to be more aggressive than you want to at times. So it's important that you have that trust in the kicker, and if that's not there, and you you clean off um, nearly two million of cap space, then I, I can see that move. All right. So uh, Holly, um, my buddy uh, texts me, and he says. Goff went to Detroit, and they're going to just go ahead and uh, all the receivers are going to bail on him. There will be no Galladay, <laughs> and there will be no Jones. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. more than likely, right? you're like, oh, no, no, I got, I'm, I'm in Detroit, and all of a sudden, hey, by the way, you're not going to have Kenny, and and Marvin's probably not going to be here either. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome to Yeah, Detroit. that's just mean. That's like sending Goff to, like, purgatory and saying, good luck, and it- – <laughs> that's just that's just mean. <laughs> so I, I don't think they're going to franchise tag him. I, the the Lions are probably going to go through the draft mode. But I was I was reading in the Athletic that says that obviously they were not going to use the franchise tag on on Galladay, which is I think would make sense. Why would you do that if this guy's been so right. good for them for so long? And then you know Jones is great, but Galladay, I mean. It, 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 I guess it would be disrespectful, right? In a way, he's got, the guy's put yeah. up all his numbers and now he's going to French and tag him, you know what I mean? Not pay him, which, which is just not right. Yeah, I think I think the Lions were kind of in a transitional period. And if you're going to, uh, you know, trade away Stafford and then get golf, and then it it just feels like they're trying to turn the page on that era. And if you're trying to turn the page on that era, then, you know, you could refine, you know, quality to the, uh, uh, to the franchise staff. But I think, I think it makes more sense to kind of try to do a fresh start. So I think that's probably where they're leaning. I mean, if I don't know you about you, but I'll take Gallaudet on the Rams. I'm pretty sure you'll take him on the, on the Niners. Yeah. There's a tough yeah. room. <laughs> yeah. For sure on there. Oh, definitely. Um, Oh, definitely. The Falcons, the Falcons released uh, guard uh, James Carpenter. That gives them, a, I think, four million. This whole off season now is more of dollars than it is more like value yeah. for players. You know what I mean? It's more like, okay, yeah. who can we just lash <laughs> to, to make this thing happen? Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more intermediate player movement than you normally would because people were um, brought in at a certain dollar amount and the teams are trying to reposition themselves as much under the cap as they can 
to provide that, that flexibility. So you're going to see a lot of movement from these players who are kind of like in the middle. Um, and it's really going to be interesting to see where the carousel stops. And, and if some of these players that, you know, um, get released, if they come back around to some teams, if they, if they get picked up really quickly. But I think you're going to see a lot of guys that, um, you know, might have been making X and now they have to come in at Y a little bit underneath. But I also think I'm kind of curious to see how they structure those guys uh, with their contracts, if they're going to do it more short-term, because it would kind of not be fun if you're that one kind of that's like, okay, I got released. Now I'm going to make, you know, less money with a different team. But any other year, I'd be making more money. So you don't want to find a long deal underneath your, your market value. But right now the market's kind of weird. So I'm curious to see how long some of these contracts are um, after these players are being released to save cap space. If they go to a place and it's like a one or two year deal, or if they go for a five years, or maybe they structure the the contracts where they're they're back in heavy, where maybe they're only making you know so much the first couple of years and then they make more later. So people are going to have to get creative, and so it's going to be really kind of fun if you like math. <laughs> and you are somebody that wants to be, you know, a, a GM one day, then this is definitely the off season for you, I think. Well, if you're a front office person, man, the, your staff in front office, man, are they going to work in overtime? <laughs> Talk about coffee yeah. <laughs> and whiteboards. and <laughs> Oh, my God. If you're a head coach, this literally hinders you a lot of, in a lot of ways, right? Because now you're, like, revamping your whole draft. Because you're we're focused on like a couple guys retaining guys, and now you, in some instances, you might have to just completely scratch what you were thinking about or what your plans were for the next, you know, twelve months or whatever. Um, Godwin, I don't think that was, I don't think the Bucks, no question there, right? I mean, you got to franchise tag Godwin. I mean, it just it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it makes total sense to franchise Godwin. The interesting thing about the the Bucks is that. I think this kind of leaves the door open for Barnett. And, you know, I know they had to mm-hmm. sign um, the heart of their defense. Um, uh, I know that they had to take care uh, of that, and they also had to try to take care of Godwin. But I think Barnett had a really good Super Bowl. Like, he was all over the place, and he had a really good um, NFC championship game, and he was really key to that run. And, his ability to get pressure um, off the edge and to move around and to make plays and disrupt in the backfield was really key. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to, um, you know, take care of him or if he's going to test the the market. Uh, But that's a player that I think would be a a sneaky good pickup for any team if he, if he does test the market. I agree. I I totally agree with your assessment right there because, I mean, it makes just perfect. It makes sense, and it's not like uh, Robinson, where okay, like you said, the Bears have so many, so many other question marks. You know, they're coming off a Super Bowl win. Why not keep the guy that obviously is, was productive all year for you? So, um, all right, guys, if you guys haven't gone to Zazzle dot com, go to Zazzle dot com forward slash uh, Gridiron Beauties, and you get the uh, at the Know Your Football Shop, get up to twenty five percent off. Get our uh, tees under twenty dollars. Get our premium tees under thirty dollars. Uh, you can get some cool leggings 
under $60. So check it out um, at the No Joke Football Shop at Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Use the uh, codes there, daily codes, and save big. All right. Um, Holly, the, uh, the draft, let's go through uh, uh, the draft here, the last, uh, last half here. So the Giants, uh, I believe four of the Giants passed six first-rounders are players around whom they hope they could build their offense. One of them, obviously, was Barkley, who has a, a, the ACL problem. will be returning from it. Uh, but trying to put together, I guess, a good nucleus for Daniel Jones, I think that's literally what the Giants uh, draft has to be at this point. Yeah, I think, you know, it sounds like um, they're still kind of in the uh, Jones window where – I think they want to see what he can do with more weapons because he has not been very consistent, but he, I think, has shown them flashes where they're still wanting to see um, how much that he can develop. So I think they're probably, you know, at the 11th spot going to try to find the best weapon available. And if that's, you know, a Jalen Waddle who can take the, the top off the defense or, you know, the Dante Smith, perhaps, somebody somebody like that. I think that that's what they're going to try to do is try to get uh, Jones some weapons that he can get the ball to. And if, if that improves his performance, then I think they feel like they'll probably be headed the right way. If he's not able to develop with better weapons, then, then that will put the uh, shot clock up for them to make a decision on whether to stay with them or not. So I think in that spot, they're probably just going to take the best weapon available. Hi, it makes sense. I mean, they got to put something of a wall around him, a, a solid wall. I think he'll improve way better this, this coming season. If he does get some protection, um, maybe the Giants contend right there in the East, you know, to try to make a move. But I, he's talented enough to do that. Uh, kind of the same situation that Russell has been screaming in, in Seattle, like, you know, put something of a, of a wall so that I can, you know, show my skill sets and things like that. So we'll see what the Giants do there. Um, at 12, your Niners, they got uh, Brandon uh, Ayuk uh, in the second round. So I don't know the need. Is the need here defensive need for you guys? So there's a few there's a few needs, right? Like I really feel like the number one need would have been quarterback. But it sounds like unless, you know, the universe aligns and we get Watson, I think they're probably most likely their new um, thought process with the quarterback spot. There, there's two kind of options. They can trade up and try to get a young guy like um, Zach Wilson, but that's going to involve giving up assets. So it's going to be, you know, a question of um, how much do they want to give up to trade up. If that's not a possibility, then I think what they're going to do is probably um, draft a quarterback maybe in the second or third round, somewhere around there, to, to work on addressing, you know, kind of the backup quarterback situation. Because really, if you're going to roll again with, with Jimmy, you need to have more insurance in that quarterback room that if Jimmy is not able to physically go, then you have somebody you feel like can – um, you know, keep it going. So they need more competition in that room. Um, so I think most likely at the 12 spot, they're going to focus on other needs, which is, you know, it has to be number one is, is corner because it's likely that Richard Sherman will be coming back. Uh, similar situation to the other guys we were talking about. I just don't think the money is going to be able to be there for him to find 
Um, Jason Verrett said recently he's going to test the market. Um, Weatherspoon is probably gone. And so we have definitely a need at corner. And then the other need that's probably highest um, is probably probably offensive tackle. Um, and then third, maybe an edge rusher. Um, so those are pretty much the needs. So I think probably they're going corner or tackle. So a lot of people think they'll probably look at uh, certain from um, the corner from Alabama, who's a really good guy, or maybe a Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, or maybe a tackle. So maybe uh, Slater uh, from Northwestern, who they didn't remember to be talking to, um, or maybe they're a Tucker from USC, somebody like that. So those are probably the, 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 the areas or the direction that they're going to go. Um, maybe they'll surprise me and move up to get somebody like Wilson, but I think most likely they stay at 12 and draft a corner or a tackle. So that's a big need for them. Um, what about the Chargers? Uh, they get their quarterback. They got a good nucleus on the receiver end. Um, I think maybe their their need would be defensively. I mean, to just kind of bolster up their defense, especially here. Um, or maybe it's another offensive guard, you know what I mean, to kind of solidify that offense. I think it has to be – the primary need has to be the line. Um, Considering how well Justin played, uh, you know, it was pretty remarkable because he did get a lot of pressure on him. But they have weapons. You know, you have Keaton Allen, you have a good tight end, you have places for him to throw the ball. I think they need to work on the line. I think they need to work on uh, defensive edge rush. And then they probably also need depth at running back because when Eckler was out, they just didn't have the running back depth. And so they had three or four guys rolling in that just collectively were okay, but they don't really, they probably need more depth there long-term. And so probably I'm thinking they're probably going to start with the line and then later in a draft looks to address their their defensive line and maybe edge rush a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm expecting them to probably take a tackle, maybe like a, a Slater or a Veritata for a USC. Some of these picks in this 10 to 15 like range, you know, these are players that could be picked by any of these four or five teams. It just depends on how they fall on the board and who's left at that moment that you're picking. But I think the Chargers go with an offensive tackle here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, because uh, they really need to put a nice nucleus around Herbert, and uh, I think he'll shine even more than what he did in his first year if you get a, like a nucleus yeah. there put together. Yeah, more time. And I think the Chargers, the Chargers might be the surprise team this coming season, you know, uh, because the Broncos, rebuilding mode. The Raiders have no idea. Uh, the Chiefs coming off that loss, we have no idea whether how they're going to rebound. So, you know, there's a lot of upside for the Chargers, basically. Yeah, I definitely think so. And, and that's one of the reasons why I was excited when Justin went to the Chargers, because I've been, like, kind of, even before Justin went there, um, feeling like the Chargers have some good pieces. They just haven't been able to stay healthy, and they had horrible – in-game management of close games. So those two combined really just killed them. But it was never that they weren't talented. And so if they can, you know, with a new coaching staff, um, make some better decisions in those in-game situations, you can get uh, Justin some more protection. They, you know, I think 
I think they're going to be a really competitive team. They were this year considering all the stuff that they were facing, which is impressive. So I think you're going to see them be competitive again. I'm kind of excited to see what he'll do. Um, and the new coaching staff, I'm really excited. If they put a, a Ram-style offense in there, what they were done in with McVay's system, if he puts it in together, I mean, uh, Herbert's way more talented than a, than a golf was. So there's opportunities there for that new coach to kind of like put together a nice uh, playbook, maybe enhance his skills even more. Um, what do we say of Minnesota? I mean, they're just uh, – what's their biggest need here? Is it defense at this point? Do we say that? Because they still got Cousins. They they got some weapons on offense and on, on, on the receiver end. Maybe it's opportunity here for defensively to compete in that division. Yeah, I think it's probably defense. Because I think, you know, they, they as, long as, as long as they have Delvin Cook, like they're going to be – um, relevant offensively, I think defense defensively they they have more holes. Um, so I think probably an edge rusher. So you know you have two guys from the Miami squad that are pretty decent. So you, maybe um, uh, Phillips or um, is it, I think it's Russo Russo from Miami as well. So the two uh, teammates from Miami I think would be a good fit there. Um, so we'll see what they do, but I think their primary need would be on the defensive side. New England, do you consider this a rebuild for Belichick, or do you just con- would it be considered a retool? I, I really think it's not. I think, it's not going to total overall. You know what I mean? I think it's somewhere in between. I think they tried to retool last year, but it, they just had, you know, okay. So I, I guess it's kind of fitting because they had such a long run of success. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I laugh about it with, with my wife, who's a Patriots fan, because I remember I was like, when they, you know, they had a cadence where they, they were always in the um, AOC championship game and always in the Super Bowl. If they didn't win the Super Bowl one year, they would just be right back. And I was like, I, I told her, I'm like, you realize that's not a normal thing. To, to like lose like the Super Bowl and like to be like, oh, it's okay, guys, we'll be back next year. I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. And no, so I think doesn't. the Patriots kind of got drawn back a little bit closer to earth. They had, you know, kind of a perfect storm of a disaster where their best defensive players opted out. Then some of the other guys that they had on defense didn't opt out left. And then some of the guys they brought in to, to play defense they just weren't very cohesive. And then on top of that, offensively, you had no weapons. <laughs> so I think it's really hard to judge Cam, who was dealing with COVID and then came back, and he has no one to throw the ball to, like nobody. And so I think their primary need is going to be very interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people, we all think we would do something if we were the Patriots but they tend to do the reverse of what we all think. But if I were the Patriots, my number one need is I need to get weapons. I don't care who is playing quarterback. There's no reason that like five receivers that you have are basically like practice squad guys. You know what I mean? And Edelman is just not healthy and he's not the guy he was. And then everybody else is just a practice squad guy. So you need to retool there. And for me, perfect fit if he's on the board for the Patriots is Pitts from Florida. If you can get oh, yeah. somebody 
with that kind of speed and that kind of weapon, that is your new, like, rock, you know, type of guy. And you know that the Patriots love those mobile, you know, big targets at tight end. And Pitts can stretch the field and he can block and he would be a great fit there. So I think, you know, if it were me and I were Patriots and, and Pitts is sitting on the board, I'm taking Pitts all day because whoever's playing quarterback, you know, if you have, even if you have a young quarterback, the, the number, you know, one friend to a, a young quarterback in a running game, the number two is a tight end you can rely on. And so if you have that tight end you can rely on, then they can, they can, that will help their offense a lot. So we'll see what they do. They may just slip in and go defense again because they do have holes there as well. But I'm, I'm hoping that Pitts lands there because I think that would be a great spot for him. Were you surprised that uh, DJ, uh, that Watt landed in Arizona? I don't think anybody was really shocked considering Hopkins was there, uh, that he'd go there. You know, talk about J.J. Watt. No. Yeah, I, I, I think yes and no. I think it was interesting because I thought J.J. was kind of at that point in his career where he's like, hey, I'm getting a little older. You know, I've had some injuries the last couple of years. I want to go play for a team that I can win with, like, right now. But it's either one of two things, and it's probably the latter. It's either he thinks the Cardinals can compete, which I do think they're on, you know, they're trending in the right direction, but I don't know if they are closer to winning than some of the other teams he might have been able to go to. I think this has more to do with his connection with Hopkins. And I think it has more to do with the fact that he – felt like it was a good cultural fit for him. And so I think to to me what that says is J.J. is, you know, really focused on finding a culture that makes him happy over maybe a culture that would be not as happy but might be able to win sooner. And that could also speak to the fact that he was coming from Houston, which seems to have a toxic environment that, you know, that is coming out of the woodwork and we're starting to learn about so it really could be, you know, J.J. is like, hey, this it, this situation in Houston was terrible. You know, I want to go to a place where I can be happy. And I think that's probably why he picked Arizona. Yeah, and, and it's a good fit for him. And for the Cardinals, it's kind of an upgrade on defense as well. And given the fact that offensively you have a pretty good nucleus, Fitzgerald hangs around for another year or maybe two um, they can be competitive in the West, and I, and I think it solidifies the fact that they need a pass rusher. Everybody else besides, I think, Seattle at this point has a question mark there, but the rest of the teams, you know, the Niners got pass rushers, the Rams got pass rushers. Uh, so all the teams in the West, basically, they also needed some pressure to put pressure on, on all the quarterbacks on the West. Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to is he going to be healthy? If he can be healthy, that's going to be a major help for the the Cardinals. And I think um, it's going to be really fun to watch a J.J. Watt try to chase around, you know, somebody like a a Russell Wilson. I think that's going to be really fun. And and so I hope that he stays healthy, and I I hope that uh, – because I think if he does, it's going to be a big help for them. Yeah, and and the the NFC West is gonna it's gonna change basically based on all this additions and subtractions. But Stafford, 
really good. You got uh, the quarterback situation in Frisco. Once they figure out who's going to be Garoppolo, is it going to be Mullins or it's going to be Rosen? Are we going to ever get to see uh, Rosen back up, you know, in terms of a starter role? Uh, so there's question marks there. And then we have no idea, you know, I'm pretty sure Russell's going to stay where he's at. I don't think there's going to be much changes there. And Murray's up and coming. So pretty exciting in terms of the NFC West division. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see the next. So I don't know until we get through what the draft and we get through some of this um, selection process. But I, I think on the surface right now, I think the NFC West is, is going to be just as com- uh, competitive as it was last year. I, I expect the same. Uh, with, without golf, I'm kind of like more uh, excited for the fact that uh, Matthew Stafford is just a lot more talented in that sense and a lot more, um, you know, mobility for us. It gives us a, uh, another uh, method and another attack there as well. All right. Um, we're going to have to keep, it, uh, keep an eye on the Deshaun Watson watch. Uh, as we talked about previously here, it's going to be whether, where, where he lands, more than likely the draft order is going to change, you know, for a lot of these teams. And given the cap situations now, within the free agent market, uh, a lot of these teams have to do basically number crunching. It's just a situation where can they uh, maneuver funds to either retain key talent or are they going to, like, retool through the draft in, in general? Yeah, I think every every team is going to have to have a lot of honest internal conversations about, like, where their priorities are, and then they're going to have to kind of re-adjust um, their, their numbers on, you know, what they're willing to pay or what they're willing to give up. I, You know, Watson is, is very interesting. I do think if that is um, something that's able to happen, I think it would be the domino that affects a lot, you know, because you're right. In order to get Watson, somebody would have to give up, a, am sure, quite a few draft picks and, there would be a lot of maneuvering and a lot of people moving up and down the board. So if that does happen, I think it will create a lot of changes. All right. So, Holly, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, your season coming up here in WNFC 2021. Uh, like I said, Utah top dogs in the WNFC. So your addition to the squad uh, will not be a surprise to a lot of people, but you know, you bring a lot of, uh, what do they call it, a lot of iron? So maybe they'll be shocked. You know, maybe some of these teams are going to be shocked. But uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on the field. That's going to be awesome for 2021. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I think, um, you know, we were talking earlier about how uh, Utah's been a machine. And it's a machine that is um, – you know, welcoming, and it's a machine that you can put new parts into, and um, because everybody uh, takes care of each other, and people are very helpful, and so when we get new players in, we uh, they're able to integrate quickly. So it's going to be really fun to see everybody uh, when we put it all together, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. All right. Well, we're looking forward to you uh, uh, taking on Mac. It'll be Mac and yourself on on opposite sides of the field at some point, hopefully, if that's uh, how it oh, stands. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. That, that's yeah, going to be interesting. I don't really get to play. 
I don't usually get to play a whole lot of uh, Midwestern teams unless it's like in um, like an all-star game or some sort of setting like that. So if we do face off in a field, then that would be really fun. Well, I'm going to say two different personalities from the radio side of things. <laughs> You're on the field. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, gotta, you know, it's really funny though. Like um, we were talking about this, uh, me and one of my teammates and um, I like can be very, you know, friendly and like nice off the field, but I surprise people because during the game, there's like a flip that switches for me and, I probably am never going to be as loud as somebody like a McKenzie who's just naturally like a, a louder person. But I, I'm somebody that talks with my contact, and I'm somebody that when I get excited, I jump up and down a lot. So my wife makes fun of me because she can always find me um, if she's viewing like online because I, I jump a lot for some reason. So I get really into it. So don't be surprised when, you know, the mild-mannered me is on the field doing, like, you know, totally more aggressive things, so. Well, I'm, I'm just, Max just came on, but I, Mac, we were just talking about before Holly bails here, how it's going to be kind of interesting to see you, both of you guys on opposite sides of the field, you know, during the season. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I was actually just thinking about this this weekend. Um, I actually met a mutual friend of me and Holly's this weekend, um, her name is Amy, and I met her this like I actually met her this weekend. Uh, took a trip down to South Carolina, and I was just thinking like, how awesome would that be if she could see the both of us play against each other? And then you know Holly's talking about how she jumps around a lot. I also jump around a lot. I'm very animated. I'm very like into it. So I can definitely attest to you know the animation and being into the moment you know, during the game. It's it's not something that you can just easily shut off so yeah, I'm looking forward to this season like a lot so I, I'm I, I know uh, the Hall of Famers looking forward to this season as well yeah well, I, I think wait, it's, I you know one of the, the uh, UFC poster between the two of you we'll just have to make a poster <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, maybe a um, maybe the jumping is like a Capricorn thing maybe we just get excited and we, we have to express <laughs> it I, I don't know and I don't even know where it came from, but I noticed when I was watching Phil one day, I was like, wow, I, I do jump up and down a lot, but, like, <laughs> I just can't. There's so much energy happening. I have to, like, release that energy somewhere. <laughs> well, I, it, it, if it's going to be a, a Mack truck coming at you, I guess that it's going to be that other side. <laughs> so, there's your energy releaser. <laughs> So she's in that truck. I have to come up with a car analogy too. I'm gonna think sure about you that. Do. <laughs> yeah, you need to put something on there because this this girl's got this girl's got power. It's the ultimate. Uh, was it Prime? Was it called the the Transformer? The Mac? Optimus Prime. She's coming. I'm yeah, the Optimus Prime. Prime. The Optimus Prime. But <laughs> um, so it's gonna be nice to see you guys both competing uh, opposite sides, and a really interesting season too because the schedule kind of merits into this. Uh, environment where a lot of the teams are very competitive after a year off. I think everybody's hungry to get on the field, and I think it's going to be more competitive than it was even the first year. Yeah, I, I think so, because at least for, you know, my team and everybody that I talk to that's on other teams, that break, I mean, I, I guess it really depends on how you mentally um, – 
you know, took on this long break. Because if you took it on as an opportunity to get better, then you have a lot more time, you know, to work on smaller things than you might not have had before in between in between seasons. So, you know, for some people, I think it's going to be a real advantage um, to have that break. And for some people, it's going to be an advantage because you, you, if you were banged up the season before, you get more rest and the ability to rehab some, you know, smaller injury, injuries that you might have been dealing with. And so I think it is going to be more competitive because I think people are going to be hungry for it. Yeah, I think technique-wise, I've been talking to a lot of players. They've been able to get a lot more time on technique, uh, working on drills, working on a lot of stuff. So I think it's really exciting. So, right. Holly, thanks again. Uh, looking forward to next Thank week once we kind of update in terms of the rumors and trades and, and the draft. So really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you guys. Have a good night. All right, Mackenzie. Uh, we haven't talked to you in a little while. So how are you doing? I, I know you were training for the next competition, right? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, this is the last hard week of uh, heavy lifting, you know, mechanics and everything. And then a uh, week from uh, this coming Saturday, I'll be, making a very large stab at my own records and hopefully adding a fourth one to my powerlifting um, bio. So I'm uh, pretty, been pretty geared up for that. So I've, uh, I was also out for a little bit with a little bit of a head injury. So that was fun. Um, but, you know, I've just, you know, like I said, I've just been prepared for that, preparing for season. Um, you know, I'm really excited for this season of sports football alone, really. I mean, you know, kind of like Holly said, you know, if you had that break last year and didn't play, you know, you had time to heal up, you know, study playbooks, you know, get used to a new coaching staff if that's, you know, if that's what it was. Uh, you know, you, you've had time to adjust and, you know, the longer break is going to is inevitably going to be better, you know, for those people. So, and, and, you know, our teams, our teams both, um, you know, experienced that long break. So it's very um, it it is a win lose situation. You know, you you win because because you know you had the time to heal and you had the time to you know kind of forcefully take a break. Um, and then you know it's kind of a lose situation because you're like, dang, we didn't get to play. You know, we didn't get to showcase our skills. You know, we didn't get that's that's a year lost of not being able to you know, keep bringing the awareness to women's football. So I think this year is going to be – this season is going to light – it's going to be, lit, like, legit. It, it, this season is going to be lit on fire. And everybody needs to everybody needs to hop on the train and get, get it together, you know, because we're coming. It doesn't matter if it's flag, you know, WNFC, WFA, you know, IWFA. It, it doesn't matter. You know, gridiron west at, across the globe. Women's football is coming this year, and y'all better get it together. All right, uh, I got a, a message from somebody. This is the this is the year the dogs are let out, right? Been cooped up too exactly. long. Exactly. Everybody's gonna be yeah, pretty up is, on their game. Yeah, this is the year the dogs are let out. Let the kennels. We've been locked up for a whole 365 days almost. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I was going to use another word, but I, I don't think it's proper for the radio. So I just went with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to go into the huddle right now, Mac. Uh, we're going to bring in the talented Monique 
Barvir Boone of the Cali War, and so let's bring her in right now in a second here. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation, to the way we perform, to the way we stand, expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall. We kill. We eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast. Monique, how's it going? Expect greatness. Oh. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm great. I'm fired up. I just came out of practice, so I'm. <laughs> there you go. So I got you. The, I got you the the huddle prep talk right there, all ready to go getting ready oh most definitely most definitely um monique uh how has it been for you the experience at the women's career forum uh how was it the virtual one and i guess you got to talk to i did uh the the forum itself was truly amazing and inspiring and probably every word that follows falls under those um it was like a football network boot camp two days, about five hours each day, and you have, you're being thrown name after name after name. You're talking about owners of teams, GMs, coaches, football operations, uh, equipment managers, data analysis, so on and so forth. It is, it's a lot. I I, I literally have like 20 pages of notes (laughs) from just advice to who I should contact to emails to the whole the whole thing so a little really amazing is that the word it was a little overwhelmed at, at, <laughs> at the after the first day it was it felt overwhelming but then the second day where we could have our individual time so i was in a group of about 10 other women with no not even 10 eight other women with uh Coach Rabel from the Titans and Coach Belichick from the Patriots. Uh, Monique, the the structure there is to obviously to get you in the door, right? That's literally what yes. the format was designed for. And we've had uh, various examples in terms of the WFA, you know, Jen King. Um, we had Callie Branson, of course, and then Lori Locust as well. Yep. Uh, some of the, you know, bigger, bigger names. But, you know, the the whole process there with Sam uh, putting this together was to just give the opportunity, right, the opportunity for sort of an interview mentality. This is what I'm able to try to do or this is my goal and then try to network with people that obviously can facilitate that need and give you an open door and then from there, you know, spotlight your your talents to benefit an organization or benefit a program. No, definitely. Like there were some women that made a connection with, the owner of the Lions, um, Sheila Ford Hamp, like she was already having her this particular person email her because she had an idea um, about uh, engagement with fans. Um, from and then also say there was the Bills head coach. He was talking to uh, offensive um, uh, quality control and. The thing was, she she had been there last year, so he knew her. But he was like, "Okay, I can't wait to see you again." 
just like uh, my my talking with Vrabel and and Belichick and talking about the offensive line, us talking about inside run, um, and Vrabel and Belichick saying, okay, here here's our information. Let's keep talking. Let's go over uh, film at a later date, so on and so forth. So. It's a unique experience, in other words, because you don't get to talk to, you know, a coach at the game and go, hey, I just want to talk to Bill Belichick for five minutes, right? <laughs> right, so you don't, you don't exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he, he, is, he is a totally different person. Um, you know, he just – Not the guy at the podium, Monique? No, no, not at all. He was definitely like – you know, he commanded a, he commands a room because, well, it's Cody sure. Bill Belichick, like, you know. However, he was soft-spoken, and he wanted just to talk football. Like, our, we only had an hour session. Ours ran sure. to an hour and a half because they just wanted to keep talking football. And he did a lot of praising with – a lot of praising of Rabel, actually, because he was his – like, his player – and of and and talking about how great of a player and a coach he is. So uh, one thing that I took from that was you really want to make those connections with players, with coaches, with other staff uh, in different clubs so you can use that to – propel yourself into higher roles or um or better yourself for different for different clubs. Monique, how, how is this how is this thing you know uh taken to taking you in other words like are, are you going back next year if that's the case because uh, a lot of players find an internship mode type of environment um some players like yourself are coaching at that high school level right now uh you're at the uh Hawthorne High School, trying to get the you know yeah. the knowledge and build up some sort of a resume for to, for them to understand that obviously you're credible and you're passionate about you know coaching in general. Um, so how how do you feel at the, after this? In other words, how how do you feel after all this you know this whole forum? I, I after this forum, I really feel really confident in myself. Um, I mean, to get to the forum, you're invited. Um, and I was one of 40 selected mm-hmm. for an invite to the forum. So already someone saw something in me that they knew I needed to be at this forum. And for now, I'm, I'm the varsity uh, D-line coach at Hawthorne High, high School. I'm the first woman to be at the high school, which has mm-hmm. brought more media attention to the school, which is amazing. Um if anything I can do to help my team and to help my coaches get that notoriety, especially because here in California football is just starting up, um, then I will do that for for them. Because it's not about me. Yes, I'm this, but, you know, I, I fill that box of first woman. However, I'm there to help them win, and I'm there to coach my coach my boys and to win games. So that's my goal there. But as personally, it's getting, having the confidence to 
step up and say, okay, I have this information. I have this network of women that were at the forum, but also like presenting, but also just the women itself that were invited. I connected across the country and we have like, we're the class of 2021 and the women there, they're, they're getting jobs from NCAA and um, getting into those internships at NFL. So for me right now, yeah, I'm working at putting my resume, getting um, my name in front of the NFL clubs and still also pushing to be the D-line coach here at the high school level too. I don't think anybody realized International Women's Day was yesterday, but uh, if you if you take on your resume, you know, it's not like you're a badass football player or anything like that with some accolades. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I um, worked my best ability on my team, um, Cali War and previous sure. Los Angeles Warriors. Uh, and I've I've done some traveling here and there, so um I'm I'm around. People are slow slowly but surely know that I am offensive line. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like people don't realize, you know, what you've already contributed, right, until you, like, show film or show some sort of oh, – right. you you play football, right? Because that's the first thing people will say. You're like maybe just a mom can helping out the football team, you know? Yes. <laughs> until you figure yes. out, like, I'm not a mom. <laughs> I'm an actual <laughs> player, and I have accolades yeah. and awards. And I'm a yeah. badass. I mean, I, you know. I mean, I am. I mean, I am a mom, but I am, yeah. but also it's you know like even today during practice uh, for the high school boys, you know they asked they were like, did you play football? And I said, yes, I've been playing for over ten years now. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they're like, well, what position do you play? And I said, left guard. <laughs> and they're like, oh, like they're taken aback because they didn't realize that I've been playing That's what I'm saying, the game a lot of times as long as they can't equate the fact that you've played football. See what I'm saying? It's like, it's right. like an unnatural effect for them, but what you, you're just a coach, right? And then a lot of times that's what happens. People don't realize that you've obviously been in the trenches, you put in your time and, and you're knowledgeable about the game. And you have a lot of experience in the game. And I think right. a, a, in terms of a high school level, that's what I hear a lot of, a lot of people when they go into the high school level, right? It's like, oh, it's just she's never played. We'll just give her, a, you know, a, we'll give her a, a seat at the table, as people would say, right? And then they kind right, of realize, right? I, I, I will go ahead and take the front of the table, <laughs> and you guys can <laughs> figure that out later. <laughs> uh, in that sense, right? But that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's nice to see the fact that you know you're you're being credibly worthy on the staff, and and as a contributor, as no no different than an equal, you know, a male equal. Which is nice to see, yeah. and a lot of a lot of high schools, um, you know, have benefited from that. I mean, Hawthorne's obviously going to benefit from every, all your knowledge and your capabilities, and yeah. like you said, your boys are going to benefit from that because you you have experience, right? Techniques, everything that comes in. And let me bring in Mac yeah. here to your brain here, and you probably know what the salty one is already. <laughs> hello there. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. It's cold here in California a bit, but <laughs> so I'm bundled up it's right now. It's cold in California. My it, brother oh, in California, he never complains about it cold. 
Okay, it, it's it's fifty six degrees. It's cold. It, we're we're a little cold okay, right that's now. Fair. So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. So, it is in Nebraska I just weather, have a Max. Question. <laughs> Say again. It is in Nebraska weather, Max. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know the Midwest no. is bipolar. <laughs> so let, let me just you know ask you a couple questions and pick your brain here. So just right of off course. the top, what would you what would you say has been kind of the biggest obstacle? Uh, you know, switching over from the different systems of football that you have, you know, going from high school to women and then kind of back, I guess. Um, in a way, it, for right now, it's about the same in the in the sense of experience. Um, so for my high school boys, there isn't really a Pop Warner um, team or or league in their area. So a lot of them are are starting out as maybe seventh graders or eighth graders or even starting at ninth grade. Um, and we have a lot of young guys right now, so are coming out to the field. So I'm st- it's like they're working on stance. They're working on okay, how do I even get comfortable in a stance, um, and them being uncomfortable <laughs> to feel uncomfortable until it gets comfortable. So right now, and just like women who come late in life or well later than high school to teams, it's starting from square one. Okay. How do you get in stance? I know you're uncomfortable, but you got to get comfortable with this uncomfortableness um, and, and going from there. So right now I feel really comfortable because it's about the same level of what I'm working with at, at the moment. Right. Totally understand. I can totally see that. Especially some, you know, sometimes transitions can be different than what you originally expect, or they could be, you know, just about the same as what you expect. It kind of just, you know, depends on, I guess, what you expected. Yeah, I mean, also, I have a really great staff from the head coach to all the other, like, coordinators and position coaches from day one, because I've been rocking with them over uh, virtual since last April. So, they're really comfortable with me and they're and the players are comfortable with me. Now they're getting to know how I am on the field. Um, and they're realizing like, Oh, she, a, she knows what she's talking about. And B, she wants us to work. Like she wants you to <laughs> show that aggression. I'm not going to shy away from holding a bag and coming after you. Like, don't make me knock you down. That was the goal today because <laughs> I accidentally knocked a couple down <laughs> yesterday. So I said, you were just helping them. Don't. <laughs> I, no, I, I, no, everything's a learning lesson, you know, is a lesson. So I said, look, don't let me knock you down. You need a base and so on and so forth. So um, and right now I have offense and defense line. Um, until the offensive line coach is able to come out. But so I get them twice in individuals and it's building a, this is the difference, which is fun to see that for the high school boys, I I see them Monday through Saturday for two, two, two and a half hours. 
And for women's football, we don't – well, most teams, we don't get that. We get twice, three times a week maybe, and um, and everything feels really, like, fast and because you don't have each other or have practice as often. Yeah, I can totally understand that, you know, especially being being a women's player. We don't, you know, get nearly – the same amount of practice time as, you know, high school, college, you know, and even some flag teams to an extent. So things are always going to be a little bit different in that aspect as far as, like, preparing and, you know, uh, retaining things that you've learned. Right. uh, You know, have have gotten to to adjust from the last, you know, two, three, four practice sessions, you know, where high school and college have – you know, Monday to, you know, Monday to Thursday, Sunday to Thursday, you know, and then games, you know, and then, you know, chalk talk, you know, game film, things of that nature. So it's always going to be right. a little bit different. I can definitely understand why that would be, you know, something a little bit more of an adjustment. Um, so my next question is just for you personally, like what have you taken from being able to play this sport of football to now transitioning over into the coaching realm? I think for me, it's understanding, like, in a way, the feelings and emotions that go into football um, and knowing that time is precious. I mean, knock on wood somewhere. I have been able to have a longer career um, and still playing, playing, preparing to play in <laughs> in May. So, but... I uh, honestly that for me transitioning slowly from playing to coaching it, it's for me it's about learning that knowing that time is precious and that you want to make have intention on what you're doing from your drills to install um to make thing have an intent to it Yeah, I can also definitely understand how that, you know, that would be, you know, uh, something that would be, you know, be able to retain and be carried over, in, you know, into your next next adventure of football. Um, and just one more question. If there's anything that you could change, whether negatively or positively, uh, in the time that you transitioned from player to coach, what would it be and why? Oh, say that again, like, just say your question again. Yeah. So if there was any, if there's anything that you could change, whether, whether it be like a process or, you know, a way you, some, a way you handled something um, between the time that you've been a player to now, what would it be? Um, for me, not negative. Um, maybe <laughs> I think so. A lot of teams have, over the many years, have been great, and then they fizzled out. Great and fizzled out. And I just, if I could change it, and and I've personally experienced it too, is how to find a way to retain the reason why started to play football to begin with and for me that was I've found a home away from home on the field 
that when I step on the field, it is, it's like a sigh of relief of saying, oh, yay, we're here on the field. I don't care if I'm about to do like 110-yard sprints. I'm so happy to be here. Um, and to try, even for myself, to try to instill, not instill, but to show that football can be your home and for a lot of people and for teams that's, that hasn't happened, I just, in a way, hope or wish that players and teams there would realize that football is home and to find their way back to that. So it's not something I can personally, like, it's just what I wish for fo- women's football in general is to to know, like, to understand the why. Like, why are we all out here? It's because we love the game. And to use that as the focus versus the drama and everything else that amongst e- amongst each other. Yeah, that's, wow. I, I love that. Oh, that's great. I love that. You know, and, and, and I think what, People and athletes and just, you know, in general, you know, don't quite really, you know, either grasp or don't quite have a situation, you know, that puts them in a, in a position where they have to, you know, think about how they're reacting or what they're reacting to. I think it's good right. that there's, you know, athletes and people like you that are grounded enough that, you know, they can realize, like, this needs this situation A is happening, you know, situation B and C is how we can try to fix it or even, you know, bring awareness to the situation so we can, you know, try to avoid it or, you know, if it happens again, we can fix it right away kind of thing. So I definitely, I, yeah, wow, I love that. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Man, I just feel you know, I'm, I'm myself, I'm a multi-sport player, so I'm always constantly yeah. trying to figure out, you know, ways to, retain things and ways to where ways I can intertwine my four sports and, you know, how I can avoid this situation here and over there and how can I bring more awareness to something like this happens if it happens over here. So I'm I'm constantly bouncing ideas back and forth in my head and I'm just like, Oh, that answer was just perfect. I yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I mean honestly uh, it to a solution to it would be to bring more resources. That we get really quiet and we let things just sit and simmer and bubble over and then there's miscommunication and it just all spills out. And it's like, if we have more resources to our teams, if we talked more, (laughs) you know, it's like defense, like you need to talk on defense. Why is it so quiet? You know, it's like, if we did that, then I think that would, and, and I'm not just – and also not even just between teams. Like, we have leagues out here that I feel like there's a miscommunication somewhere. Maybe we can, you know, I don't know. My, like, ultimate dream is that we all just band together and be one. But I know the power that be – I can't do that, and we're here. Um, but I think amongst us as players, we can – try to support each other because guess what? We're all wearing shoulder pads. We're all wearing helmets. And the only difference really is just what you put on the outside. 
but we're all on the field. We're all playing. So just a little support helps everyone. See, exactly. You know, people don't realize that, you know, even the smallest bit of support or the smallest support system can go miles and miles. You know, it can just, it can just go, you know, just that little bit of support that doesn't have to be something huge. It could be one person. It could be, you know, a group of small people and, you know, it could just, it literally could just ride and go a long way. But, you know, if you don't have that support, it's going to be harder, you know, to bring the awareness. It's going to be harder to, you know, let people know, like, hey, like, this is a thing. Like, you know, and just in the terms of women's football, women do play football. It's at a high level, you know. And, and like I said, you know, the more small types of support things like this start getting, the faster it's going to take win because word of mouth travels. Like, word of mouth yes. is still a thing. You know, we still live in a world of social media and reactions and, you know, all this craziness. But, you know, people didn't get any – didn't get always get to know their information with social media. It was always word of mouth, you know, newspapers, right. ads, things of that nature. So, you know, the faster people understand that, the faster and, you know, probably more adequate support and um, – you know, acclimation, you know, the sport itself is going to get. So that, oh, I love that. I guess, sir, ah, I love that. Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast tonight. Um, I'm going to hand it back over to Oscar. I hope you get somewhere warm where you can get your body temperature back up. <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Monique, uh, so I wanted to bring you on, give you your due for uh, having a great time at the forum and kind of expressing, uh, you know, the excitement at the forum. And also the fact that, you know, you've done such an amazing job with your career as well. And now you're coaching, you know, Endeavor here with Hawthorne um, on top of that. So really uh, appreciate you making the time for us and uh, kind of talking, you know, football in general uh, and your career and your exciting career. So looking forward to, you know, your one of the class of this women's forum. So, you know, hopefully we get to see you on one of those NFL sidelines, like uh, the Brownsons and the Kings and the, and the Locusts. That's right. That's, that's the, that's the goal. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the ride. So. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Cali war coming into 2021. Uh, looking yep. forward to see if I can look it over to Sacramento, uh, checking out the uh, Sacramento sirens as the rebirth of the Sacramento sirens. So, check you out on the season. So uh, before you go, Monique, uh, what do you think of the state of the game? Two competitive leagues, a lot of bigger uh, name sponsors. We probably thought we'd never be here at this point, but now we are. Right. Uh, and we thought 2020 right. was going to be the breakout year. But uh, 2021, I think, like we talked about earlier today, a lot of, a lot of ladies have been uh, you know, up in their techniques, working, putting extra time in the gym. Uh, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be some people getting hurt. No, I, I'm excited for this year. I think with this, you know, we took what was dealt with us, dealt to us and said, hey, let's get on Zoom and let's go to these clinics. Let's learn, like you said, different techniques. Let's build that home gym and <laughs> and, and and weights and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um you know, specifically for Cali War, our schedule is pretty stacked. I mean, we have 
the rebirth of the sirens, which I'm really excited to play against. And then you have Vegas who is always working. I mean, they were scrimmaging, um, I think August or September against the uh, Austin team or Texas team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've been working and then I know, I know what five or six ladies on, um, on the Arlington team and they've been practicing. I don't think they ever stopped practicing. And I know they are hungry to come back out here to California and make their statement um, and redemption from the conference championship back in 2019. So, um, and I think our first game is against the desert Eagles. Um, New kind of branding, I believe the resurgence of the uh, inland empire. However, I believe I know a couple players there too. And so um, it's just really exciting. Um, Exciting for everybody, (laughs) but especially exciting for us because, you know, we've been the bridesmaid for the last two championships and trying to finally be the bride at, uh, in Canton, which is amazing. Well, on top of that, I mean, you go, you go up against Boston and you know what Boston's all about. So it's, a, it's competitive. I, and when you, oh get yeah. to Boston, I mean, when you get to go up against Boston, the, the Cahill, Smith, Bonds. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, equal, equal challenge. No, no, definitely. I mean, they got to get there first. They got they have serious challenge with Eva's and now the newly mm-hmm. um the Tampa, Tampa Bay. They just turned they just came to Division 1 as well. Mm-hmm. So, um and then you got, you know, always a Vixen there. They're there too. So, uh it should be exciting times in Division 1. All right, Monique, thank you for making the time. Really, really appreciate it. Congratulations on your success at the forum, and uh, wish you success in Hawthorne and uh, a healthy season in Cali War, and and hopefully, like you said, you can hoist that trophy in Canton of all places. That would be so awesome. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I so. You're welcome anytime. Chime me up. Uh, we'll get you back on here. Not a problem. Uh, always welcome to to chat with you, uh, football and everything else. So have a great uh, evening, stay warm, and looking forward to 2021 in Cali War. Yes, thank you so much. All right, Mac, uh, there you go. The talented Monique Barrier-Boone and one of the participants at the Women's uh, Forum, the fifth Women's Forum. And I think think we'll see her on the sidelines at some point. She's got the – She's got the drive. Yeah, you know, I I really enjoyed having her on. You know, just her resume of sport as far as football is freaking amazing, and I just and I love everything about her personality. And you know, she's able to bring what she's learned as a player and retain it and move it into the coaching aspect, whether she's at the high school field or you know with her Kelly War. So. I'm very excited. Um, you know, I'm very excited to keep following her. I was, I've been following the Cali War um, since I, you know, since I played um, a couple of years ago in the WFA. So, you know, I've kind of seen what they've done. I kind of know what they're about, and I'm glad that I got even got to speak to somebody um, that wasn't that's not a player anymore, rather. So, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what she does on 
both sides of the ball as far as, you know, her high school team and the Cali War. I can't wait to see what the future holds for her. She's just a great person. All right. Um, so, you guys, if you guys, you guys haven't gone to monkeyknifefight.com, go to monkeyknifefight.com, check it out. NBA right now, NHL, you got major sports right there, MMA if you're into that. Uh, simple, simple games, uh, more or less, really easy, up to $50 match. Uh, you know, you can get matched up there, $10, $10 minimum. So use our code NJF and get started at monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight powered, powers the uh, Gridiron Blitz podcast. So check it out. It's one of our major sponsors. Uh, use code NJF, monkeyknifefight.com. All right, uh, let's bring in Nate here to give us an update on X-League uh, news here. So, Nate, welcome. What's going on with the updates? Uh, we're having a season later than anticipated. I think everybody's really mm-hmm. excited. I talked to uh, Mariah Lopez uh, this past week, and, and the Black Storm is ready to roll. Yeah, everybody's looking really good. Um, been appreciating seeing all the, the highlights and the bigger – the bigger push to show more of the the um, the training and tryouts than the LFL did. Um, actually, you know, just a couple of uh, you know, a couple quick minor things. Uh, Seattle Thunder, your tryouts are coming up this weekend. Anybody in the Seattle area, any ladies interested? That is the Sunday. Details can be found across all of X League's social media pages, and we will have a discussion of network and how things will be broadcast in May. And that was part of the SLA announcement. So looking forward to that. And then uh, we're supposed to get a U.S. broadcaster announcement, but uh, we're still pending that information as to what, what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Though, then again, as, so, as usual, because it's Mitch, you know, believe it when I hear it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm really with you on that. Um, so since I got you guys here, before we get out of here, we got about 10 minutes. Um, LNFA Femenina in Spain, uh, the Barbera rookies kicking butt, 39-0 to uh, against the Fire, Valencia Firebats. You can get the highlights right there at the Hub. Get the uh, mm-hmm. Facebook live broadcast at the Hub. Uh, LNFA Femenina Week 4 preview right there, courtesy of com. Really appreciate them networking with us to give us the lowdown of what's happening in the LNFA Femenina in Spain. Uh, they've done mm-hmm. a tremendous job for us there. Uh, Mega, uh, Mega Corsairs uh, defeat the Tres Contos Habados 53-0. Watch it via Twitch. And thanks to the Comaneros Calzada also for, uh, m- you know, uh, broadcasting that. So if you're on Twitch, you could have watched football, women's football, LNFA 7-on-7. Seven seven. And then the Black Demons took care of business against Osos Rivas. Osos Rivas got their first loss of the year, 31-13. to 13. That was via YouTube. Uh, so, Mac... Uh, the Black Demons, no strangers to success here, uh, and they are obviously on, on a high road here, uh, undefeated so far in the season. Uh, Osos really started their season really good, and then all of a sudden here they get their first loss of the season. Not too bad uh, against a pretty dominant Black Demons team that's customarily pretty good. Yeah, you know, and I remember I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, or at least the last time all, you know, all three of us were on here analyzing the game like we normally do. And I was pretty sure that I had actually picked the Black Demons to lose. And I don't think Nate liked that. And I definitely remember I was going to be eating crow because I was very convinced that the underdog was going to come and win. And that just that didn't happen. And I'm a little salty about it. I go lie. Um, not going to lie. I'm a little salty. Okay. Cause normally my predictions with 
the gridiron outside the United States is pretty spot on, except this week I was pretty not spot on, and I was very upset about it. Yeah, I know. So, you know, Black Demon's a really good squad, uh, seven on seven. Uh, we'll keep tabs. The preview for week five should be coming up, also c- courtesy of AdrissanHawks.com. And then we'll uh, obviously share anything from FIFA, Spain, at the hub. The other uh, thing is Texas Valley Sports, River City Warriors, uh, edge the uh, the Kingsville Empire fall, 31-29. to 29. So, Mac, this is a, a surprise, but, you know, hey, give credit to the River City Warriors. They've been on a roll the last the last week. They were really good, and now they, they came up against the undefeated team, and they edged them 31-29, so it's a really good game. You know, and I also remember us talking about this game as well, uh, you know, because there was there was from the last time we spoke, there was you know some issues with COVID and the protocol. So I just remember that you know this possibly being a game that was going to be have to be rescheduled or set back. But and I still didn't pick. I didn't end up picking a winner between these two because I knew it could have gone either way. But it was more or less going to be how you know how the River City Warriors were going to adapt coming into, you know, the season going against, you know, undefeated juggernaut. So that's that's why I didn't pick a winner. And I can't be mad that I didn't pick a winner because from when I, the highlights that I went back to to watch and, you know, the, um, the box score that I saw, it looked like it was pretty much back and forth, slaughterhouse dogfight the whole game. Yeah, and uh, the Empire up to this point undefeated. Uh, you know, shout out to the River City Warriors for getting that big time win here. Uh, the matchup this coming weekend in Texas Valley Sports, the two big dogs, Empire five and one, taking on the South Texas Generals five and one. Really interesting, and we'll have everything coverage wise for you at the hub. All right, uh, guys, Mac, uh, if you guys didn't hear, and Nate, if you didn't hear, we are top two hundred podcast in the European scene based on chartable Woo! Hey, so we have <laughs> top 200 in Europe. This is, uh, this is a huge, huge week. It was awesome. Awesome news for us. So, uh, you know, thank you everybody in Spain, Russia, Germany, and all the other countries in uh, Europe for uh, tuning in every Tuesday and giving us that uh, great honor. So top 200 in Europe. So really, really appreciate it. Very, very cool. So, much. so Mac, uh, you're top 200 in Europe on a podcast. That's pretty cool, don't you think? You know, Oscar, I always tell my friends that I'm, like, subpar and I'm, like, almost cool. Pretty sure that just put me just slightly above cool now. Hey, hey all I am saying is you got a following now. That's all I got to tell you, like I told Holly, right? Uh, we got a following, and we we really appreciate everybody for subscribing on iHeart, Spotify, and every other platform that you yeah, you listen to the podcast. Because really, really appreciate you guys subscribing to us. Uh, but uh, congratulations to everybody on the staff here, all our co-hosts, including everybody before us that made this happen to, for us to arrive here. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you to Chartable for keeping track of our podcast. And top two hundred in Europe is really good. Uh, you know, our goal obviously is to get to be the one what top 100 in the u.s so we're trending towards that goal so hopefully we'll get there at some point and uh it'll be cool for us to to be the top one of the top 100 football podcasts uh in the north american swing that would be awesome all right you guys so 
Really good podcast today. I uh, really appreciate the Hall of Famer coming in here to give us a lowdown on the trades, NFL draft. Uh, thanks to uh, Monique Barvira Aboon for coming in here and give us the insights of her experience at the high school level plus at the women's football. And then um, all the news that happened this week, don't miss it. Go to the hub. If you haven't been to the hub, I have no idea where you're at, but you need to be at the hub. And so the best network on the planet exists at the hub. All right, um, Nate um, and um, Mackenzie, anything else before we get out here? we got about uh, four minutes. I've got a, um, I got a quick shout-out, and I hope he's listening. Mike Hilliam in Seattle, uh, 17 years old, is the founder of – he's a graphics designer, founder of a company called S Relics, also obviously out of Seattle. Uh, they're the company that has designed and done the graphics for the new X-League uniforms. He also does some NBA and NFL wow. stuff and has had some pretty wow. big partnerships. So I want to give a shout-out cool. to him. Incredible job. You guys can check him out, srelix.com. That's S-R-E-L-I-X.com. Hey, now, you go, boy. That's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, Mac, where's your, where, where can they dive into your nutrition and use their code? So, as you guys know, I am a sponsored athlete through Red H Nutrition. So, you can go to redhnutrition.com, look at some supplements. We have all kinds of supplements. We have vegan supplements. We have whey protein, joint supplements on the pre-workout, post-workout, all merchandise, wonder bottles, the whole, the whole nine. So, if you're looking – you know, to kind of get started or keep going on your wellness journey, go to redhnutrition.com and use the code SNACKTRUCK2024 to get 20% off your purchase through the website. If you have any questions, you can always hit me up. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's truckmax 64 You can just find me on Facebook, Mackenzie Brooks with two Zs and an M-A-C-K, all right? You can also find me on Twitter at Mac Truck Sports Live as well. So you can pretty much get a hold of me any on those engines of social media. If you have any questions, feel free. And don't forget to you know, follow our our company itself on social media, Red Age Nutrition. Uh, Coach Katie Danger is one of the best human beings when it comes to this kind of thing. So if you have any questions, you can hit her up. Hit me up again, redhnutrition.com. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We're out. We'll be here for 364. Don't forget to subscribe mm-hmm. to our podcast. Shout out to all our Euro fans. Thank you very much. We love you. Check it out next week for the uh, uh, Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, for the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, and for X-League Insider, Nate Ward, Oscar Lopez here. We'll see you next week. Have a great night, everybody.